Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the prophet Jeremiah, that's Yirmiyahu, chapter 40. As we continue to recount the events that occurred at the time of the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, at the end of the reign of the final king of the Davidic line, Tzidkiyahu, we just read in chapter 39, of the fall of the city of Jerusalem, how the king was taken into exile, his sons slaughtered by the Babylonian conquerors, the nobility slaughtered, that all the upper classes were, um, and landowners, uh, priesthood and so on, were all taken and sent into exile in Babylon. We also learned that the... uh, king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, had given explicit instructions to to take care of Jeremiah, to take care of Yermio the prophet, not to harm him, and to give him the choice of where to go. We learned briefly last time that Jeremiah chose to remain in Jerusalem with Gedaliah. We'll talk a little bit more about Gedaliah in this chapter, or Gedaliahu. Um, rather than to go into exile. We're going to learn more details about the process of that decision in this chapter, chapter 40, that decision that was placed before Jeremiah as to where to go and why he decided to stay with Gedaliahu. Gedaliahu was a, um, not a member of the, Judaic, or the Judean royal line, not a descendant of King David, um, and but he was a uh, placed as governor over the remaining Jews in Judea. If you remember from last chapter, the uh, poorer classes, the ones who had been not the landowners, but the, the poor, the destitute, the enslaved ones, they were now freed by the Babylonian conquerors and were each given land, vineyards, fields, that had previously been owned by the upper classes that had oppressed them and settled down in the Judean towns. And Gedaliah was appointed as their governor. So there's still a Jewish presence in, in Judea, even though most of the people had been exiled to Babylon. And as one can imagine, there was scattered among the hills and scattered among the towns and the mountains and the valleys and so on, Bands of people that had escaped the Babylonian conquerors, some that had escaped to some of the neighboring countries. And the news started to spread to all of these people that there's, that there's something going on in Judea. There's a leader, there's Gedaliahu, there's people, there's, they're starting to farm, they're starting to build homes. Maybe there's some hope for a presence of, of the Jewish nation in Jerusalem and in Judea. So let's study that today. 40, let's start with chapter uh, uh, chapter 40, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from God as follows. And when did this word come? After Nevuzradon, who was the... Uh, the like the second in command to the king he was the head of all of uh, the head of the king's royal guard and he had been instructed specifically by the king 
to make sure that Jeremiah was treated properly and kept safe. So he came down from, uh, um, uh, so and this word of God came to you, to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan set him free. Bekachto also when this Nebuzaradan set Jeremiah free, because as you can imagine, when the soldiers came and they found Jeremiah, who was at the time of the capture of Jerusalem, he was still in, imprisoned in the prison yard. So they had taken him and put him in chains together with all the other Judean captives. But Nebuzarat vu asur bazikim betoch kol golus Yerushalayim beyuda. He was in chain and he was in chains and captive in captivity with the rest of the exilees, the rest of the people who were being exiled from Jerusalem and from Judah, Hamugal and Bavela, who were on their way to be taken into captive towards Babylon. But but Nebuzaradan freed him. And at some point after that, God spoke to Jeremiah. Now, we're going to go off topic for a minute. Um, and we're not going to hear the prophecy that God actually spoke to Jeremiah until several chapters from now in chapter 42. But rather, we're going to discuss in more detail what occurred when Nebuzaradan freed Jeremiah. So, so we just set up the situation. Jeremiah is captive. He's in chains. Um, Nebuzaradan sends uh, his messengers and comes to Jeremiah and takes him out of chains and brings Jeremiah before Nebuzaradan, who is uh, one of the highest ranking officers in the Babylonian army. Verse 2, And this is what happened. The head of the king's guard, Nebuzaradan, took Jeremiah, and he said to him as follows. It is evident from these next several verses that the higher-ups in the Babylonian army were very well aware that Jeremiah had been prophesying the victory of the Babylonians over, over Jerusalem and had been counseling the king to remain subservient to Babylon and they therefore um, understood that Jeremiah's prophecies and why the city of Jerusalem fell and we'll see that now. So Vayomre love, Nuzradan said to Jeremiah, Adonai Elohecha, your God, the Lord your God, Diber Etarahazos, he had predicted this this evil that had befall, just befallen your people, regarding this place of Jerusalem. And he came, your God came, and God did exactly as he spoke. Because we know that you predicted it, we know that you spoke about it, and we know that it happened. And the, that the reason is, because your people sinned to God and did not listen to him. And that's why this thing happened to to the to you and your people. And now, I have just removed your chains, which were chaining your hands. And now I'm going to give you a choice. If what you desire is to come with me to Babylon, together with all of the the people that are being exiled now, all of the captives that we're bringing to Babylon, then bo, then come, and I will watch over you and take care of you, and I'll make sure you're fine and you'll live a fine life in Babylon. But if you do not want to come to me with Babylon, then don't. Then you don't have to come. 
the whole land, the war is over. You can stay here with the remnants of the people that are here. Um, and that could be your choice. Wherever you decide to go, wherever you want to go, that's where you should go. You have a free pass, pick a place to go, and that's we support your decision, and we will make sure that you do not get harmed. The Odenu Lo Yashu. Before we know that Jeremiah's ultimate decision was to stay with the people who were still in Judea, but before he turned to leave, the um, the the presence of Nevuzradon, the this high officer, Veshuvel Gedayov and Achikam Ben Shafan, and and to to return. To stay with Gedaliah, who the son of Achikam, the son of Shaphan, Asherif Gidmelch Bavabar Yudah, the one who had been appointed as the governor of the cities of Judah by the king of Babylon, the Shevi Tobatochaam. Um uh, wait, I, I, I missed a little bit in the translation here. Viodenuloyashuv before he turned to go, because he saw it was evident that Gedaliah did not want to continue with him onto Babylon, but wanted to return, he said to him that if you do go back to Judea, go back to Veshuva, return to Gedaliah ben Achikam, go back to Gedaliah, because he is the one who the king of Babylon appointed over the cities of Judah. Stay with him with the rest of the nation. You can be a good source of guidance, you can be a good source of leadership, a good source of of teaching for the people that remain. Oh, El Kalayasha Benacha, if you don't even if you, that's my advice, but you don't have to listen. You can do whatever it is that you want to, wherever you want to go, go. If you want to go off to a mountaintop, fine. If you and you want to go back to the people, fine. You want to come to Babylon, fine. So he gave him supplies, he gave him food, he gave him, um, um, gave him what he needed to travel so that he should be able to make it to his destination. And then, Yermio chose to go to the governor that had newly been appointed over the remaining people in Judea, Gedaliah ben Achikam, who set up his offices in Mitzpah, which is uh, north of Jerusalem, and he stayed with him among the remainder of the nation on Isharim Baharaz who had remained in the land. Um, just one thing that's, I think, important to remember, that this Gedaliah ben Achikam was the son of Achikam, obviously, that was his father's name, and he was a person whom we are familiar with. Uh, he was back in Jeremiah 26 when Jeremiah was prophesying in the temple and the people wanted to um, hurt him and uh, it was Achikam ben Shafan who saved him from the crowd. So we know that this family... <laughs> Um, was a family that was loyal to Jeremiah and his teachings uh, for all the way back from the beginning. Gedaliah, it is assumed, was appointed by the, and this is uh, Rashi's explanation, and, and, and it makes a lot of sense, that 
Gedaliah is assumed was someone who, during the siege, listened to Jeremiah's advice and surrendered to the Babylonians and left the city rather than stay in the city and get killed with the with the people that ended up getting killed during the fall of Jerusalem. Therefore, Gedaliah had already demonstrated to the Babylonians that he would be loyal to them, and he was therefore the logical person to make as governor of the remaining people in the land. So now we have the beginnings of a new, of a new life. And as you can imagine, after a war of this magnitude, there are many groups of soldiers that escaped into the fields, escaped into the mountains, escaped to the neighboring countries. There are families that, that, that are running refugees in all sorts of places. And, and, um, and people, the news starts to spread that, there, that, there's, a, that there's a governor, um, the, the Babylonians are giving out land and homes to people in the previous towns of Judea. Something is starting to brew People are starting to come back. There's maybe some hope for a future here. So Vayishmu called, this is verse 7, All of the officers of the soldiers that had escaped, they, the little roving bands of ex-Judean soldiers who appointed themselves leaders, who were, they were probably hoping, some of them might have been hoping that Tzidkiyahu would somehow hold out or somehow... Uh, escape the Babylonians and set up a, a new camp and they would rejoin or maybe they were they were these were people that there was um that that had surrendered to the Babylonians and are now um just wandering around Judea um so uh Hamavian they and all their men heard Kiev Gidmelch Bavelet Gidalyob and Achikam Baaretz that the king of Babylon had appointed Gidalyahu as a governor over the land and that not only that, but there were families, there were men, women, and children, and families, and from the poor people of the land, from those that had not been exiled to Babylon. So there were, there were, there were Judeans, there were Jews still there, and there was a, a, set, a semblance of leadership starting to build up. So they all came to Gedaliah, to Mitzpah, where he had set up his government. Some of these people that came had the following names: Vishmoel ben Netanyahu, Vyochanan, Vionatan ben Eikareach, Usiraya ben Tanchumet, Uvene Efai Hanetofati, Vizanyahu ben Hamachati, Hema Vianchiam. These are some of the groups. I don't need to translate all these names. These are names of different, the leaders of the different groups of people and bands of people that started coming to to Mitzpah to Gedaliah's new government to join this um, reforming group of, 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 of Judeans who are now trying to get things going again. At this point, Gedaliah makes it very, very clear what his intention is, because among these people are a mix. Some are people who probably did not want to capitulate to the Babylonians and wanted to fight and somehow escaped into the mountains. Some are those who, from the beginning, wanted to listen to Jeremiah's advice, and Gedaliah himself was one of those, and wanted to be subservient to the Babylonians because they knew they weren't strong enough and they knew they weren't deserving of 
independent, complete independence, and they were hoping to uh, live in peace with the Babylonians until the time God decides they are ready and and they would merit living independently again with their own king. So Gedalio, as the new governor, makes it very clear to all of the bands of people that join as follows. He swears to them as follows. Ulan Shem and to all the men, Lamar saying, Don't be afraid to be subservient to the Chaldeans. Shavu Baaretz, let's live in the land, we can build homes, we can farm the land. And we can be subservient to the king of Babylon and it will work out well for you. Just do it. I don't want to ha- hear about rebellions anymore. I don't want to hear about fighting anymore. It's over. It's done. They won. We lost. Let's accept it. And let's start to build something. I will stay here in Mitzvah in order to be um, to, to conduct my political activities and leadership with the Chaldeans who are now our masters. They were going to have messengers coming back and forth from Babylon um, and, and uh, you know, giving us instructions, uh, taxes, laws, rules, whatever it is. I'll take care of the political business. It's your job. Get going on living. Start to gather wine, and, 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 and figs, and oil. Start to fill your storehouses. And start to live and settle down in the cities which you have now occupied. Remember, he's talking mostly to the poor people who were landless and homeless. But now the, the homes and the fields that were owned by the rich people that used to oppress them are now, are now open. Settle them. Start settling them. Let's start rebuilding. The Gamkol, and there were also Jews who had, been, who had been Judeans who had been scattered into surrounding countries that ran to try to um, save themselves by running to other countries, such as so Gamkal Yudim also all of the Judeans Asher Moab that were had run to Moab Uvne Amon and to Amon Uv Edom these are the countries that surrounded Judea Asher Bochol Haratzos and in all the other lands Shamu they heard Kinatan Melech Babel Sheiris Liyuda that the king of Babylon did leave a remnant in Judah Vchiyefkir Aleim and that he appointed over this remnant Et Gedaliyahu Ben Achikam Ben Shafan. So they started coming back too. The the Judeans who had who had uh, been scattered in all of those places where they where they had fled to, started to return. And they came to the land of Judah to Gedalio, who was in Mitzpah, by Asu and they were able to gather a lot of wine, vakayets and figs, So they had food. And they started to build a society with Gedalio as their leader. However, unfortunately, it seems like now we have a, we have a potential for a future. Things are looking bright. However, jealousy and, and um, intrigue and um, backstabbing, unfortunately, was, is about to tear the people apart. And it didn't take long before one of the bands, one of people that, that were scattered about, one of the bands of Jewish soldiers that were scattered about, 
did not like Gedal Yahu's leadership. They did not like his his philosophy and his ideas of subservience to the Babylonians. And that was led by Yishmael ben Itanya. This Yishmael had met with the king of Ammon. The king of Ammon, as we know from the previous chapters, had kind of double-timed and cheated out um, uh, Tzidkiyo. He had told Tzidkiyo that he was going to be his ally in a great alliance against the Babylonians. But then when the Babylonians attacked, he switched side to the Babylonians and participated in the attack against Jerusalem. So he's a guy who we know is, is not a very trustworthy king. But now he sees Judea starting to rise again. He was so happy that the Babylonians finally destroyed his old enemies, the people of Jerusalem. He sees it starting to come up again. So he secretly forms an alliance with the head of one of the bands, Ishmael, and says, no, let's get rid of Gedalio so we can, you and I together can challenge Babylon again. The, um, this was done in secret. However, some of the other heads of the bands who were loyal to Gedalio, who heard about this alliance and tried to warn Gedalio that Ishmael was out to get him. So let, we're about to learn that story. So, V'yochanan ben Koreach, V'chol Soreach ha'elim asher basadah, Ba'u el Gidalyo ha'metzpata. Yochanan, the son of Koreach, and all of the other officers that were out there in the fields, now not engaging anymore in war, but now engaging in farming and building and so on, they came to Gidalyo, who was in his offices in Mitzpah, and they warned him of this plot, V'yom re'elav, Hayadoa te'edad, do you know? Ki Baalis, the, the king, Melach ben Amon, his name was Baalis, the king of the Ammonites, Sholach at Yishmael ben Netanya, he sent Yishmael, the son of Netanya, Lahakot Chonafesh, to assassinate you. He's going to assassinate you. Watch out for that guy. He's acting like he's loyal, but he's, his intention is to assassinate you and to form some kind of alliance with Ammon. But Gedalio could not believe that after all that we've been through, there's still someone who is about to ruin the last hope of survival of the people of Judea in their land. So Yochanan ben Koreach told Gedalio in secret, in Mitzvah Lemar as follows, I'll take care of it for you. Let me go and kill him before he kills you. No one will know. I'll kill him when no one's looking. Uh, uh, no one will know. And then he answered, Gedaliah wouldn't hear of it. Why should you... Um, I'm sorry. This is, these are the words of Yochanan ben Kariach. Let me, let me get rid of you, this Yishmael, who is conspiring to ruin everything that we're trying to build here. Why should we allow him to stay alive and then he'll end up killing you and what we all know what will happen is you're the last hope. If you get killed, then the last remnant of Judah and all of this, the, the um, refugees of Judah who have gathered themselves under you as their leader. Once, if you're gone, the whole thing is going to fall apart. People are going to scatter everywhere. Vayomer Gedalio ben Achikam, Gedalio's response to El Yochanan ben Koreach, El Yochanan was, 
Don't kill Yishmael. You are speaking falsehood. This is not true. Gedaliah refused to believe that at, even at this point, someone would still be willing to carry out an assassination and, and plot against the last final hope for a Judean presence in Judea. Of course, we know and we're going to read in, in, in the next chapter about what really happened. Had Gedalio at least taken his advice and been careful regarding Ishmael, history may have turned out differently. However, Gedalio was somewhat, we would call him today, naive. Um, it reminds me very much of the famous quote from uh, Ronald Reagan, Trust but verify. If you really think Ishmael is okay, fine. But at least call him in and find out and, and do an investigation or something to find out if it indeed these accusations are true. And had he done that, he may actually have found that Ishmael really was conspiring to kill him and he could have done something to protect himself. However, Gedalio trusted but didn't verify. Just He just trusted. And in a way, this is somewhat of a compliment that he refused to believe bad things. But we have to understand the lesson here that yes, it's nice and it's important to trust people, but it's also important to make sure that um, when something so important is at stake, it's also important to be careful and, and put in place proper precautions. Um, we're going to learn about the tragic um, assassination of Gedalio very soon in the next chapter. This ends chapter 40. Thank you so much for studying chapter 40 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 41 together as well, and of course the rest of the book of Jeremiah.